We hear so much about social purpose these days. But what is it exactly? Why is defining one so important for organizations? And how do you measure it to ensure you're on the right purposeful track? On this first of three episode series sponsored by Junction Strategy, we delve deep into purpose and purpose measurement frameworks with the help of some special guests that we'll introduce next. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change magazine. On today's episode, one of three sponsored by Impact Consultancy Junction Strategy, I'm excited to have a co-host, the president and CEO of Junction, Mike Rollins. Together, we'll be speaking about purpose with Maureen Young of Coast Capital Savings and Junction's own Charlotte Hall. We'll first define social purpose and trace its evolution in our impact lexicon. Then we'll explore why Coast Capital decided to define its purpose and the intricate process of adopting a purpose measurement framework that the team at Junction helped them establish. It's a conversation you don't want to miss. This is a very, very exciting podcast for me today. Have a co-host. I love having co-hosts. So right off the top, I, I, I want to introduce you to Mike Rollins. One of the reasons that I, I wanted to bring him on um, into these series of podcasts is because a lot of people have been asking about the nitty gritty of running their social enterprise or social purpose business. And um, some, there are so many things that we can learn from those doing it on the ground. People are actually working alongside others, helping them make impact, helping them affect change with all the many, many challenges that might come up along the way. And um, and so Mike is going to co-host this lovely conversation with Maureen Young of Coast Capital. We'll introduce her in a second and Charlotte Vall of Junction, and we'll introduce her in a second. And let's get started. So Mike, tell us a bit about you and Junction. All right, let's let's do that. But let's start by acknowledging that you and I have known each other for oh, the best part of a decade. Oh my gosh, think, yes. During which time I have come to deeply appreciate your ability to ask the tricky questions and provoke the right answers. And as a, a journalist and a and someone who's covered social enterprise in Canada and further afield for a long time, uh, you and I are very like minded. Um, so we've uh, we've had this long conversation together about how to how to increase the take up of social entrepreneurship, social impact business, and now social purpose in business. Um, And that's the way that we've built our company is focusing on those things. So ours is a a junction strategy is the name of the firm. It's a social impact consultancy. And we make it our business to help leaders build the success stories of the purpose economy. That's our mission. Um, So we think there's a better way to do business. We think there's an awful lot of people all around the world in grassroots enterprises and in big businesses, in governments and in NGOs. There's an awful lot of people that think business can be done better. And our job is to help leaders do business better. Uh, and one of the companies we've had the pleasure of working with is Coast Capital. So I'm yes. I'm really excited about this conversation today. Me too, me too. And Sharla, do you want to uh, introduce yourself? Yes, sure. So I am Sharla and I am consulting director with Junction Strategy and I was a co-lead on the project with Coast Capital Savings. Uh, So I'm very excited to be here today talking about that work. 
Wonderful. And so the the focus of this conversation is going to be around purpose measurement frameworks. That's something that a lot of organizations are really focused on these days. It's Mike, do you want to talk about what you mean by purpose first and, and why sure. it's become so important? Yeah, because I think there's a lot of jargon around this space, right? We're hearing a lot of people talking about social impact or ESG, environmental, social, and governance implications of business. It even goes back to corporate social responsibility, and a lot of it is anchored in sustainability. So there's all sorts of jargon around this. Uh, but social purpose, I think, is a really important shift in the way we think about business. Um, a social purpose business is, in a simple way, it's a business that does well uh, by doing good. Right. So it's, it's existence as a positive force in society. But my favorite definition of social purpose is one articulated by Dr. Victoria Hirth, who's an independent uh, researcher and academic who's based at the Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership. And she says that the social purpose of business is one that makes an optimal strategic contribution to the long term well-being of all people and the planet. So optimal contribution, meaning it's optimized for the size of the firm. We don't expect one company to solve for climate change, but we do expect them to make a meaningful contribution. Strategic in that it is it, it is embedded in the raison d'etre, the hard work of the company across the board, right? right? So the strategy is about designing the company that can deliver on that purpose. Um, and then contribution to the uh, long-term well-being of all people and the planet is truly a societal contribution. If we were looking for the purpose of society, surely we would say it's to cultivate the long-term well-being of all people and the planet. Uh, so these are companies that are uh, very, very much aligned to uh, community well-being, to human well-being, to planetary well-being. And I think um, I think they're a different type of company. I think when we when we think about how companies can react to things like climate change or biodiversity loss or income inequality, these vast social challenges, companies respond in one of three ways. One is just to put their head in the sand, right? The purpose of a business in their minds is to generate returns for shareholders, and we're going to keep doing that however we can until we're told to do things otherwise. And I think we can all think of household names that behave that way and have responded to the climate crisis in that way. Uh, and I think for the last 20 or 30 years, maybe more, there's been a second group of companies that uh, that Victoria Hearth characterizes as firms that have enlightened self-interest at heart. So they kind of notice that this doing business thing actually has some negative side effects. Oh, we're kind of damaging the biosphere. Oh, we're kind of emitting more carbon than we should. That's probably going to cause us trouble down the line. Maybe we should start paying attention to that. Mm -hmm. So these are the, the early companies that thought about sustainability, right? Let's manage down our waste management. Let's manage down our carbon footprint. But this third type of company, the social purpose company, looks at it differently. It's not just about mitigating the negative effects. It's about pursuing positive solutions. And I think that's a, that's a really important mindset shift for business. And it's a really big shift in the role of business. Business is one of the most trusted institutions in our society. Uh, and so we need the power of business if we're going to solve for some of these problems. And social purpose businesses like Coast Capital are showing us how to do it. They're demonstrating to the market how you can lead a better business and uh, and deliver long-term well-being. Okay. Thank you. That's great. I don't think I could have said it better than that. Now, let me introduce you to Maureen Young from Coast Capital Savings. Maureen, why don't you uh, give us a bit of intro? Yeah, thank you, uh, Elisa, and so great to uh, to join you today. Um, I am the Vice President of Social Purpose at Coast Capital. 
We are a credit union. We're a national credit union based in British Columbia. We have about 600,000 members, a couple thousand employees, and social purpose is a relatively uh, new direction for Coast. So I am excited to share a little bit more about uh, what that has entailed and this Great. great work that we did together. Awesome. And so what we're really going to be digging deep into is not only this focus on purpose, but how you, the impact measurement framework that that junction helped you establish to ensure you're on the right track. Am I getting that? Is that correct? You got it. Perfect. So let's just Mm -hmm. jump right into the question. What prompted the organization to focus on purpose? First, I would say that, uh, as a credit union, uh, you know, the cooperative values, very um, community driven uh, approach has been very much part of our DNA as an organization. So, you know, we have, um, we have always been thinking about how we can drive impact as an organization. But specifically in 2020, Uh, We were really at a pivotal moment in that we were relatively newly chartered as a federal credit union, where previously we'd been limited to operating in one province. So that Mm -hmm. was kind of a pretty big change. Um, And we had an opportunity, it really provided that opportunity for us to look at building a new corporate strategy that would position us for this next chapter as a national financial institution Um, And specifically, uh, as one of the very first national federal cooperatives in the financial space. So uh, super exciting time. But, you know, I think we all still very fresh in our memory that uh, 2020 was also a pretty pivotal moment in terms of the societal landscape. Lots of societal upheaval from obviously from the very uh, uh, prevalent health challenges that we were dealing with through the pandemic, um, but also the racial reckoning, uh, the socio-political instability that we were seeing in in US and in Western Europe and Britain, um, rising income inequality and certainly the climate emergency. And I'm sure there were many more things that um, could be added to that list. So there was a lot going on and as a business, uh, we knew we needed to be more tuned into that rather than, you know, you don't want to operate sort of distinct from that, but really be positioning yourselves as relevant. And Mike touched on it in his um, opening comments there, you know, why purpose is social purpose as a business model is so unique, but, you know, it really is distinct in that it is defining your company's reason for being. Uh, And that reason for being really about generating value, not just for your customers, which would be sort of more the traditional model, um, but looking to also generate value more broadly into society. And then the other piece of it is really harnessing all your enterprise capabilities, you know, your talents, your resources, your partnerships, your influence, your scale, all the things, Uh, not just your CSR programs. So we, we really saw that um, uh, adopting a purpose business model was, first of all, a natural evolution for us in terms of where we had come from, but also would really be a tremendous way for us to differentiate ourselves and to, to be, become even more relevant to those we hoped to serve and to support. Great. Thank you. Super interesting evolution, particularly in response to what was going on in the world in 2020. And I love hearing this, 
the shift to a federal charter was just this interesting opportune moment to, to rethink the business model. But I, I'm interested to hear from you about um, about the adoption of the social purpose, because this wasn't this wasn't a marketing department thinking about presenting presenting a good brand. And this wasn't no. finance thinking about business structures. This went right up to governance. The board of directors ended up approving this social purpose. So I'm kind of curious how, how that happened. How did it get to such a serious level? Well, purpose uh, is, it has to be core and embedded and integral into your corporate strategy and into all of the foundational elements that define your organization. So your values, your governance structures, you know, your um, performance measurement, all those things. Um, and that is, a, you know, it, it needs that board level um, oversight, that board level engagement. Um, and so that was very much a part of our process. And the board um, were very, uh, you know, passionate about Coast taking the step. And it's been tremendous. I feel like we've been moving at a pretty good pace with our purpose execution, uh, in large part because of that very solid commitment right from the top of the organization. You've also been a B Corp for a long time. You had that certification before 2020. How did that model and that framework map into the conversation about social purpose? Right. And I should have mentioned that um, because being a B Corp has been a a real point of pride for Coast Capital and it's quite tricky to get. It's it's a very rigorous um, uh, body of work to become B Corp certified. And, you know, but it it, it was something that our organization had embraced. At our size of organization, we have something like 300 metrics that we have to track and report on um, and make progress on, you know, we have to improve our performance continually um, across all the aspects of what you might call your broad ESG portfolio. So um, purpose has been tremendous for us in terms of providing some focus for that. Because I'm sure as you can imagine, you know, there's such a a large and vast array of of things you can be undertaking to to drive value. And it can become challenging for the company to, to, to visualize and understand and have a clear, concise narrative around it. And that's really what purpose has brought to that equation. And interestingly, uh, I understand that the next release of B Corp does uh, include purpose more explicitly as part of the um, part of the framework. So that that's very interesting. Yeah, it's getting getting tied together. It is interesting, yeah. and it's yeah. um, and it gets just one more emblem that this thinking about social purpose is really taking root. More and more businesses thinking about it. Three hundred metrics. That's not a small data undertaking no. for B Corp. Why, oh, why did you then decide that the next step was a purpose measurement framework? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, we identified our purpose. I should probably disclose it. So our purpose is building better futures together by unlocking financial opportunities. And um, specifically, we're aiming at the problem of income inequality and how we can play a role in supporting uh, more people and businesses in Canada to thrive. Once you've identified a purpose, and I think maybe to your point earlier about it not being just a marketing positioning, you have to be prepared to back it up. So there's a few different reasons why we thought it was important. One, 
you need to have clearly defined goals that the organization can rally around. 300 is far too many, mm. you know, so we, we needed to have um, a few goals that were directly tied to the difference that we wanted to make in terms of that societal ambition. Um, and then we needed to know how we would measure our progress against it. So that speaks to, you know, the, the short list of metrics, not 300, but that shorter list of, of metrics that would be able to indicate how you are doing in terms of your purpose progress. Uh, and then over time, and we're not there yet because we're still um, uh, starting the process actually of baselining the data, um, you would set targets and you'd start to say, okay, you know, by this date, we're going to actually achieve X, Y, or Z. So the purpose framework um, becomes a very clear path. It helps all your internal and your external stakeholders to be able to clearly understand what you're trying to achieve. It's much, it's more tangible. So you reached out to Junction. Tell me why. What was it about Junction? This is new ground. You know, I think that needs to be said. There are yes. not a lot of companies that have a social purpose. And there's not a lot of companies that have built a purpose measurement uh, approach. Junction has a great track record of forging new ground. Um, definitely strong, strong skills and track record around, you know, strategy, um, communications, so, you know, there was a, a lot of bench strength there that I think was really important. But, you know, I think that values alliance. They were they were a social purpose company themselves. So they mm -hmm. get it. That's great. I think you made a good choice. So I hear good <laughs> things about Mike and, and Junction. And now Charla, I heard good things about oh. her too. So, hey, <laughs> um, and let's put Charla on the spot for a second. Tell me about the process. Sure. So... Um, there were several different uh, sort of chunks of work um, that I think was at about almost eight months that that we were working on this in the end. Um, but it started off with uh, really conducting some research on best best practices related to impact measurement and existing frameworks, um, specifically related to measuring uh, progress towards corporate purpose. Um, and uh, and then there was a heavy component of stakeholder engagement. And, and we can maybe talk later about why that was so important, but there was an external process of stakeholder engagement. Um, so really bringing in players in Coast's ecosystem to be a part of the process of talking about uh, what matters um, because we measure what matters. We wanted a lot of varied perspectives from Coast Ecosystem about uh, what is important to measure. Um, there was a lot of an internal engagement segment to the work as well. Um, and, and that was really important to make sure that we had buy-in from across the company and that there was um, an understanding or a um, uh, that we had done the work to make sure that Coast actually has the capacity to take on uh, some of the work that would be involved in, in carrying out the measurement. Um, there was a piece around refining their theory of change. So that's a whole, that could be a whole other uh, episode, at least. I was just going to say, because that is. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. 
Yeah, but really, you know, it's just to kind of simply summarize it, it's it's about um, mapping out um, what is the change that you want to see uh, in terms of the short term, intermediate and long term outcomes. And so there was a, a period where we kind of paused and we said, OK, let's make sure that Coast, they had a theory of change, but we wanted to revisit that and make sure that they were really crystal clear about what change they actually wanted to see. Because once you have that, it's actually um, a much easier process to then look at that and say, okay, well, how would we measure that change? After that, it was a process of developing metrics. And there was, we started with a very long list of possible metrics that we could use to measure that change. And so there was a process of sort of narrowing that down and, and shrinking that into something that was going to be manageable and then building out the methodology. So actually talking about how are they going to go about collecting this data, analyzing this data, interpreting this data. It's a whole other um, piece of work there. So uh, that was kind of the, the, the gist of it, but I'm sure Maureen might have something to add on that. Well, I I would probably add that as an organization like ours, there was a lot of different sources of potential metrics that we actually had within the organization. I, I think where possible, if you can pull in something that you're already tracking and you've got some some structure around to be able to capture data and analyze, that's always an asset. So that was a large piece. There's a lot of different uh data points that um, that we could look at and starting to narrow that down. That's really where those stakeholder interviews were really so helpful, interviews and workshops. Yeah. One of the interesting things from my point of view, watching the workshops was um, you had competitors in the room. You had other credit unions in the room. Uh, really? That would be a big surprise to listeners, I would think. Yeah. How did you come to that? How did those relationships work? Well, in the credit union sector, we call it coopetition. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> because um, ultimately, I think all of us in the sector, we want all the credit unions to flourish. And we believe that credit unions uh, provide a really wonderful way for, um, for people to uh, live their values uh, through their financial interactions, their financial dealings. And so um, we collaborate and share a lot with our credit union peers. Uh, we also have some shared interests and mm-hmm. um, some of our peer credit unions are doing some really marvelous work and have gained their own really strong insights about where sort of the roots of problems may be or what potential solutions could be or or, or strategies that are worth pursuing or not pursuing. And we thought it was really important for us to be able to tap into that wisdom. Ultimately, we're all working towards generating value for society. What about any challenges? I'm sure you had none. There were no challenges with this project. Oh, yeah, it's totally smooth the whole way through, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Charlotte, do you want to take that one first? Sure. Um, so I think, yeah, there were, there were challenges along the way. One of the challenges that uh, comes to mind for me is um, the trade-offs related to measuring outputs versus outcomes. I'm getting a little technical here, so I'll try and break it down. But so outputs are, um, they're easy to measure. Sometimes they're referred to as bums and seats. They're a participant count. How many people showed up or how many dollars did you put into it? Um, But they don't, they're really easy to measure, those counts. 
but they don't actually measure the change that occurred. And, and that's a lot more meaningful. We want to know, did participating in that program, participating in that, or using that product, um, did that actually lead to a behavioral change or a mindset change or a, um, you know, a lifestyle change for a, an individual or a group of individuals? Um, that's really hard to measure. Mm. And so there were people in the organization, understandably, who sort of had a bias towards one over the other. Um, and so we tried really hard to uh, find a balance that was going to be uh, demonstrate meaningful impact, uh, but also be feasible for the organization to carry out. Very interesting. I'm sure a lot of people can learn from that challenge and how you got around it. Um, anything else you wanted to add, Maureen, to that? The one thing that I would say was really important through the project was that we did go back to our stakeholders a number of times and we, you know, we brought them along mm -hmm. and we shared the work as it iterated over time. And, um, you know, that, that took time. It takes time. Um, but it was, I think in the end, it, you know, served us well in terms of being able to, finally land something and have everyone feel good about it because they had walked that journey with us. They, they'd sort of been engaged throughout. Which is so important. There's a journey, right? Like even now that the, the measurement framework is set, you know, it's going to take time years perhaps to get all of the measures, measuring tools in place. Um, it was interesting going through that. So a couple of things about that feedback cycle with stakeholders. Some of them really leaned in. Some of them really went out of their way to help. Um, but well, the other thing that I noticed that I want to come back to is that, um, it wasn't easy to design the framework. Now it's not easy either to go get all of the data and fill out that framework. And I'm just curious as a, you know, as a business, you want to kind of want to get things done and keep things moving and, and get to the answers some of these things are going to take a long time. So how do you reconcile that sort of patient approach? This is going to take time with the, the demands of the business and wanting to keep things moving. Yeah. Uh, and I think um, we've always had to be pragmatic on that front. And, and Charla touched on it as well in terms of the types of metrics that you would choose. You need to be able to communicate, not like years down the road, how you made progress. Like we need to be able to communicate next year the 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 progress that we've made. It may not be um, as monumental, but it's it's putting the pieces in place where people can start to feel the um, momentum. I think as a business, you have to you have to be pragmatic and a little bit aspirational. Right. Very, same time. Very good point. Is there anything that any aspects of the framework that you that would apply to other purpose driven companies in your opinion? I would say that we took um, an approach like a structure to the framework where we identified sort of an uber goal or like a long-term goal for us it's going to be 2040 so you can see it's quite a way yeah. out and then we we had underneath that three nearer term goals uh, set at 2030 and we were trying to align there with the united nations sdg timing um and then underneath that three-year metrics. And I think that um, that idea of having this mix of long-term, medium-term, and then maybe those more actionable, more tangible, shorter-term metrics underneath is something that any business could look at. I would certainly recommend that 
Right. The other thing that I would say is that we worked hard within the, the mix of metrics to have some that were focused on our employees, some that were focused on, you know, our products, our services and our members, some that were bigger picture, more looking at that systemic change that we were trying to create. Uh, and at least within each of our goal areas, at least one metric that every employee could play a role in influencing. They need to be able to see their path to, to actually effecting change within that, that metric area. So those would be all things that I think any business could think about as they're starting to put together their um, goals and metrics around purpose. What about lessons learned? What would you say are a couple of the biggest takeaways? First of all, that the process is as important as the final product. Um, So really, again, just making sure that you're engaging stakeholders uh, inside and outside of the organization, um, building that buy-in internally uh, is really critical because you really cannot work towards your purpose. You can't measure the progress that you're making towards your purpose unless you have your the involvement of your staff. Um, so that buy-in, I think, is really, really critical. And I think that we did a really, really good job, a, a thorough job of, of doing that on this project. Um, and then the other piece is that uh, it's not a tick box exercise. So we've yes, Coast has a purpose measurement framework, uh, but it's an ongoing journey. And um, part of the the what Junction likes to emphasize in, in any kind of impact measurement work is that um, it is about learning. Measuring your um, your progress is about understanding what's going well, what isn't going well, so that you can adapt and make changes to what you're doing, so that you can scale your impact even further. I love what you said there, and um, I you know I think collaboration and consultation are critical uh, to Charlotte's point and they take time. It might go faster if you, you know, uh, closeted yourself in a, in a room and tried to <laughs> work it out with a, you know, your small team or, or whatever, but you would miss something in that. And um, so, uh, you know, certainly a lesson learned is that it, you know, take the time it, it needs to take to do it well. Do think about how you are going to implement it because it's great to have it, but you have to actually know where to find the data and how to present it and and be able to um, pull that information when you need it because you want to be reporting regularly. So uh, be pragmatic in, in terms of what you pick and think about implementation at the time that you're building it for sure. The other piece is that the process of measurement needs to involve those that you're trying to benefit. Um, And this really creates opportunities to learn who your stakeholders are. And through that process, you then learn uh, what is going to better meet their needs, what is going to further uh, support them. Um, And so you can really kind of uncover new and innovative ideas about how to actually uh, make change. And related to that is that you might learn that uh, your impact is actually supporting some groups more than others. Mm. And so this work actually ties into equity work um, because you might realize that you're actually creating inequitable outcomes for some groups. And so um, this impact measurement work is is really, really important. Um, And then finally, it keeps you accountable. So you, you really can provide the evidence to say that you're doing what you said you would do. And I think that that's, that's huge. Mike, anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, it's interesting to me that Coast Capital set a 2040 goal, 
right? Yeah. We started off the top talking about the long-term well-being yeah. of all people on the planet. This is a long-term undertaking. When you articulate a social purpose, you're probably articulating work that's going to take decades. Right? These are big, meaningful societal level problems. They don't get solved in the cycle of a single strategic plan. Um, and getting comfortable with that is a stretch for a lot of business leaders, but it's a healthy stretch and an important stretch if business is really going to contribute to some of the solutions that we need. Thank you for joining the special episode of In the Business of Change, the first of three sponsored by Junction Strategy and co-hosted by its president and CEO, Mike Rollins. Stay tuned for the next episodes coming up in our series.